welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, the actual play RPG podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I'm your host as always, Jeff Stormer, and this week on the show, I am joined by Nick Butler for a playthrough of his game, Tidebreaker. Tidebreaker is a cinematic role-playing game with style. In it, you take on the role of hyper-competent heroes and explore worlds that your group creates together from the ground up. Players will customize their abilities, get involved in clandestine plots, and engage in epic battles straight out of your favorite action movie against numbers that would almost overwhelm anyone, as well as the big bad. This game rips. Uh, it was super fun. I really loved playing it. I think you're going to love listening to the episode. Tidebreaker is coming to Kickstarter on June 22nd, but the early access edition is available right now. Go to Tidebreaker RPG to pick up your copy, then follow Nick on Twitter, follow my blade, and then check the show notes for a link to the Kickstarter. Click the notify me to get an email on the day that it launches. Back the game on day one, make it a reality. This game rips and I really want to see it fully fulfilled and I hope that you'll help me do that. Like I said, you can find more information about Tidebreaker in the show notes. Now, real quick, before we dive in, I do want to give a special thank you to Edward Lipson as well as uh, Scooby-Doo's dad, nope, sorry, uh, Mr. Do, Scooby's father, uh, for their support on Patreon. Patreon backers get early access to episodes, they get raw audio, they get the texts of new games before they get published to the world. Uh, it is a really cool thing, and you should consider backing. You should go to patreon.com slash jeffstormer to back, uh, to help support the show. It pays for hosting fees and equipment and guest payments and all kinds of good stuff. Once again, that link is patreon.com slash jeffstormer. And with all that said, let's go ahead and throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week, I am super, super excited to be sitting down with Nick Butler. Nick, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. Hey, how's it going? I'm uh, Nick Butler. You can find me on Twitter. Uh, follow my blade. So uh, real quick, before we dive into this week's episode, why don't you take a moment and let the lovely listeners at home know about uh, what we're playing this week, as well as anything else you've got going on you might want the audience at home to know about. Uh, well, this week we're going to be playing Tidebreaker RPG. It's a cinematic uh, action tabletop uh, RPG that I made. And you can find an early access uh, edition at tiebreakerrpg.com. Uh, like I said, find me at uh, Follow My Blade if you have any questions. Um, yeah. All right. I'm super. I'm very excited. I'm, I've been looking forward to this all day, especially because we have created a very, very, uh, very me story that I'm very excited to dig into. Uh, so why don't we uh, introduce the scenario and the story that we're telling, and then I will introduce my character, and then we'll we'll do some action scenes, and we'll have some we'll play some games. Yeah, um, we uh, made a uh, little quick setting. It's kind of like based off of um, the Real Steel franchise. Um, so it's pretty much the genre is like wrestling, but with robots. Uh, we using going down Tidebreakers. Um, uh, setting uh, creation toolkit. Um, it's pretty much like a who, what, where, when, why, how um, questionnaire that uh, Jeff and I did, and uh, which goes over the genre and theme first, and then a couple of key events. Um, and so the theme is going to be uh, like corporations versus like independence and stuff, right? And the situation is the Robot Deathmatch League has decided to go a different route. Show business! And we enter Jeff's character. Um, and in response to the new wrestling format, the underground matches now have human opponents versus robot boxers. Uh, first key event was a scrappy training robot goes round for round with the League Robot Deathmatch champion without being destroyed. Uh, cough, cough, you know, uh, Mr. Wolverine crowd aim it up uh so the the robot um boxer here is uh jack hughes going against uh with his robot grease lightning um and it was handled at the giant robot punch league championship grapple for short um happened at grapple mania 2022 on the grapple main stage because jack's kid needed him to win one more time before he retired uh, after that, some big money sponsors got involved. Uh, Monster Energy Drink, Red Bull. Uh, they merged to become Monster Red right after event A. Um, you know, the scrappy training bot and whatever, whatever, right? Um, because of, like, they did it, like, right after event A during some shady Zoom meeting, you know, because COVID. Uh, <laughs> uh, and... Because uh, limiting the damage to superficial dents leads to more profits, right? And also it drums up the drama a little longer. Uh, but after that, the death matches go underground. Um, 
between r slash grapple organizers greasy brody 316 and three cases of ram kind uh decided to get a thousand little tiny indie leagues together uh for six months after uh the sponsors got together right and the skate parks backyards a lot of uh barbecue places restaurants mall courtyards etc uh, they started holding these fights all over the place because people responded negatively to the fakeness of the new format. And so people did what they did and made their own. Um, after intense competition to keep user attention from uh, dozens of smaller companies and gangs, the underground scene just draws the attention of the mainstream. The result, the death of the first law. And, you know, any nerd worth their salt understands that is the robot's uh, prime directive to not murder people. <laughs> Um, Albert Harrison, the head talent acquisitions for Grapple, decided to uh, come up with this idea around Christmas 2022, and now on Grapple's main stage, you know, we have uh, robots beating people to death because show business. And where's all this going to be happening now? Underground Circuit at first, and then we'll be hitting up Grapple Mania 2023. We're on the road to Grapple Mania. Yep. And so uh I will introduce my character. I am uh I am the greatest human wrestler that has stepped into the ring in many a year. My name is Gage Gusset and I my gimmick is that I am the last living human. Uh I am 40 years old. Uh he his pronouns Gage Gusset uh lives and dies for professional wrestling. Gage Gusset Gage Gusset has been fighting and clawing his way up from nothing. And has become has captured the minds and hearts of 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 the people by being uh the most brutal and the most deadly and the most effective fighter that has ever stepped in the ring. Uh, it's the most effective human that has stepped into the ring against a robot. Primarily because Gage Gessett is willing to get, is willing to do what no one else is willing to do. Uh, if I have to bleed, I'm going to bleed. If I have to break out a weapon, I'm going to break out a weapon. If I have to destroy something, I will destroy something. I am going to be the last living human. I am going to be the Grapple Mania champion. I am going to prove that a human being with a light tube and a steel chair is going to stand over a robot every single time. I am I am I am I am the spirit of humanity and with that I will tear I will tear robot fighters limb from limb to prove that to prove that I am I am the ultimate fighter. Sounds very grim logging and I love it. <laughs> Love and spirit. <laughs> oh, man. And so, with that, I think we are ready to we are ready to get in and and tell our story. Where's our Where is our first scene set? Well, that depends on Gage Gassett's questions. Uh, Ty okay. Baker likes to uh, ask questions of the players, and then we resolve them based on um, on a scene by scene basis, right? Because mm-hmm. each character is just like a very goal oriented kind of hero. So um, we set our goals ahead of time, right? Mm-hmm. And then we answer, can you do it? Um, so I would say Gage's first goal would basically be like, can he get out of the underground circuit so he can yeah. um, get the attention of the, of grapples promoters, right? That is correct. 100%. And, yeah. So we're going to take that and then um, roll some dice and do some role playing and see what happens. Sounds good. So let's open up the scene. I think um, you're basically just coming out of your locker room or something. And uh, this like shady dude. It's uh, kind of like business casual. No blazer, but. You know, mm-hmm. tucked in white shirt, black tie, uh, got his hair greased back. Like, you know, you know the types. It's just like yeah, yeah. Ra- ratty kind of like promoter guy. And he walks up to you and uh, he goes, hey, uh, my name is uh, Alan Holdsheep. Um, And, you know, you got spunk, kids. So what we're going to do is we're going to give you a chance at the title for, for the underground circuit here. Like, here here at r slash grapple. Like, you know, uh, what was his name? Greaser Boy? Yeah, Greaser Boy. Like, it doesn't matter what his name is. It's a screen name, but like, you know what we're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, so we're gonna, what do, you, what do you say? You interested? 
You want to make some money? I uh, I've got a duffel bag in my hand. I'm wearing my I'm wearing my my cargo shorts and sneakers, and I um I I shove the duffel bag into into this man's chest, and I'm like, I'm not a kid. Tell me who the opponent is, and get to whatever setup you got to get to do. Don't you have to get somebody coffee or something? And I I I, I push past I push past them to to climb in the ring and run and run the rope. Well, we're gonna take that as a yes. So, um, your opponent, his name is, uh, his name is Jiren Dai. He's, uh, known as the Jubilant, you know, because he likes to smile when he's tearing people apart. Uh, this one, like, he's human, though. So, like, I'm not sure if you're, if you're, uh, okay with a human-on-human deathmatch. But, you know, times are rough and we're trying to draw attention. Uh, has he got a family? Uh... I mean, we try to know as little about our fighters as possible. Outside I would, of, I would, I would find out who to make who to address as their next of kin. That's probably helpful before they step in the ring with me. Tell you what, well, uh, give me like two minutes. So he pulls out his cell phone. He starts um, typing it into his keypad like really, really quickly. And uh, you hear a couple of uh, text message notifications go off, like, rapidly. And uh, finds out that, um, that J- Jiren Dai, he's, uh, he's kind of a bit of a loner. Like, you know, he doesn't uh, take, take much uh, investment into other people very much. So he's, he's good to go. Like, as far as he's concerned, he's the last of his kind. If he wants to, if he wants to disappear into history, I can't stop him from doing that. <laughs> uh, he says that he doesn't think that he's the one that's going to be just a footnote tonight. That's fine. That's fine. We'll see. We'll see who's standing at the end of the night. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, hope you don't get buried. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't need hope. <laughs> and that's a pun. <laughs> uh, tiebreaker, we have a meta currency called Hope, and I think Jeff's probably going to need quite a bit of it. <laughs> we'll, see. we'll see how it goes. <laughs> All right. So, um, Alan uh, books you for, uh, what do you say, like tomorrow? Tomorrow next works. Week? Tomorrow yeah. works. How tired is uh, I yeah. think. I think if I'm if I'm here, if I'm here, I want to be wrestling. I don't I don't think I I don't think I. Uh, I don't think I particularly want to not be, uh, I think, I, I think I don't like, I think we probably get a scene of Gage, um, like in between the show, like after the show of like kind of sitting by himself, uh, like in, like in a mega McDonald's, uh, which is of course the end result of McDonald's, uh, merging with about three other restaurants. Um, <laughs> I'm sitting alone in a mega McDonald's and like not really talking to anybody. And so like, I, I think that like what I've got is wrestling. Like what I have, what I have is wrestling. And so if it's tomorrow, if it can be tomorrow night, I, I'd, I'd rather not wait a week. Cause it's, this is, this is what I do. Wait, just for the hahas. Um, I'm going to spend a, a doom to establish a fact. Uh, the Mega McDonald's. Its name is McWend Kings. McWend Kings is is solid. I like that. Yeah, it's McWend Kings. No D. <laughs> the D was gone. Like, there's no Mickey. There's no Ds. It's just mm-hmm. McWend Kings. <laughs> um, and you're you're sponsored by them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I probably, unfortunately, am. Yeah. So, um, Alan comes back in his McWend Kings uniform. <laughs> to um, basically lead you to the ring the next day. And uh, he goes over like some of um, Jirendai's uh, like vitals or whatever. Give mm-hmm. you a tip or two on his fighting style. Like just a lot of like technical talk. And um, when he's done, he uh, pats you on the back. He wishes you good luck. And um, I, th- I think the second the pat comes, I'm like, oh, are you done? I Were you talking? Yes. Oh, yes, I was. Oh, yeah, I didn't care. Oh, well, um I feel very Yeah, you can right go. Now. 
You oh, can okay. go. Oh, okay. That, yikes. <laughs> Jeez, like, you know, you, you win a couple of matches and then you just get fucking rude. Okay, all right. I'm, I'm going to go and talk to some people. That actually, ugh, and he just, like, closes the door. <laughs> and the room smells suddenly cool. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> and I, I, I think what I think what I do uh, is after he leaves, I'm going to go uh, track down. Was it Jirendai? Yeah, Jirendai. I'm going to go track down Jirendai. All right. Uh, so I'm just going to give him a little bit of a talk before before the fight. Yes, indeed. All right, cool. Um, so let's let's. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to make you roll for it. Just um, yeah, you you leave the. Uh, you leave the little locker room, the staging area, and uh, you find um, kind of like a service area in the back that mm-hmm. like connects around the the ring area because it's like one side you walk up and then there's the ring, and the other side he walks up there's the ring, but it's all connected in the in the back area. So but you know this, you've been here before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you get to where where Jiren dies uh, places uh, his his kind of like uh, waiting room area. Mm-hmm. And uh, the door is closed. What do you do? Uh, I'm gonna knock on the door. Just a just a real just a real straightforward knock. Nothing nothing too special. Nothing too. Not trying to knock down the door or anything. All right, cool. All right, so um, when you do that, he opens up the door. And um, how tall are you? Uh, just under six feet. Okay, he's got probably a foot on you. Um. So you see him, and he's just this like tall, lanky, like massive, like wiry muscle and like hair. Like he's mm-hmm. got like a very like kind of um, '90s death metal kind of look to him. Mm-hmm. Just uh, really long black hair. It's like obscuring his face. Uh, spike gauntlets, not gauntlets, but bracelets. Like you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, like the little black races spikes on all of them. Yeah. But he's got uh he's got those those on and some uh very high like black laced boots that like go basically up to his knees. Um black like camo pants, black t shirt. It's a band name, but it's like that style that's like fairly like basically illegible like those like uh like deathcore bands in like the two thousand uh two thousands have. Like you know the slogans I'm talking about, right? Yeah. yeah. But he's yeah, that's pretty much his look. And uh he looks down at you and he goes, Huh. Expected you to be taller. And I'm gonna offer up a handshake and go like, Hey, I just wanna say I hope we have a great match out there. I think we're gonna I think we're gonna put on a great show. Um he takes a step back, nods, and then he takes your hand. Like he's right. actually surprisingly professional about it. Yeah. I, I think I think we're I think we're gonna have a great show. Uh, you know, I'm looking forward looking forward to working with you. I think it's gonna be great. Yeah. Um. He actually starts going over a couple of cues and things because, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's to the death, but uh, you you both kind of have this understanding that like there's there's a little bit of a lead up before you guys start actually getting serious. With yeah. For the folks, so like. He gives you a couple of cues for um, one of one of the things or two he's going to do turn mm-hmm. one uh, when we actually get to rolling dice. Um, so you can uh, like pretty much like not worry about like actually going down if he hits you or not. Right. <laughs> It'll just look like you did. For yeah, the crowd. yeah. Yeah. We kind of we kind of we kind of cover it because I think like if it's human against human, I think we're pretty good at like, you know, you you. I think I I I think the the scene is small enough and it's easy enough to be like they're dead and then somebody with a mask turns up in another place and and you you know you come yeah. back in 6 months you come back from the dead and like you know it 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 is it is in fact professional wrestling and so like we're able to kind of like lay out like here's how this is going to go down. Yep. Yeah, so he 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 basically tells you exactly what he's going to do in turn 1. He's going to use his ability A on you which right. is uh his signature gravedigger um, technique. Um, it requires him to be basically right next to you. So, like, whatever you do for that, mm-hmm. uh, to try to stop him from doing that, like, do whatever you want. So, yeah. So, from there, like, he wishes you good luck and he closes mm-hmm. the door. 
Cool. I'm going to head back to my room. I'm going to gather up my weapons and I'm going to sit quietly in the locker room until it is showtime, until my music cue gets played. Yeah. And just for the ha-has, we will kind of like obscure what you're actually going to do until you mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, your music comes on and um, like you can kind of hear the crowd from outside of your waiting room and uh, they're reasonably excited. Not so much like uh, if you were like a whole superstar or anything, but like they're giving you like a respectful kind of like rapport, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. You're still like more or less unknown, but there's a couple of people that have been on um, our grapple that have been like, mm-hmm. following you and they've maybe got a couple of good friends that go, hey, like this is the guy I've been waiting for all night. Like, yeah, we're they're looking forward to seeing you. Like, you've got a couple of diehards out there. For sure. I've got. I've I've got the gusset board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, um, your music's on. Are you gonna walk out? Yep. I uh, I walk out. The music is playing is like industrial grunge metal. You know, it's real scratchy and screechy and loud. And I kind of walk out, and I've got my duffel bag, and I slide that in the ring, and I start waving up my arms to hype up the crowd and throwing punches, and I'm kind of slapping myself in the face a little bit. And, you know, just kind of I get in the face of a random person in the crowd and I just scream at him for a second. And then I roll <laughs> in the ring and I like I, I zip unzip the duffel bag and I just start spilling out weapons, you know, light tubes and metal rods and uh, cheese graters uh, and just all sorts of horrible, you know, sharp metal implements. I'm just dumping them out into the into the ring as I kind of like I climb up and I, I grab two uh, two light tubes. And I smash them together and then I like I smash them together and then I kind of like hold out my hands to kind of like push the cloud of of smoke and of smoke and glass out into the crowd. And I'm like, I like like I, I, I'm standing on top of the rope, like holding out, holding out clouds of smoke like a like a god bringing storms upon the earth. <laughs> and I jump down and I jump down and I, I loosen up a little bit and I, I kind of like kick at the kick at the various weapons and then I just start cracking my knuckles and shaking my neck and getting ready to getting ready to party. Nice, nice, nice. The crowd is eating it up. The guy that you like screamed in his face like grabs you by the face too and like screams back in your uh, in your face and it's just like the the energy is mm-hmm. like palpable, right? Um, they they are like completely loving all the sharp instruments and they're just like, oh my god, I wonder what he's gonna do with all that. And like someone's like, hey, he's probably gonna like stab the guy. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, oh man, this is great. Like, nothing like the old days, man. Like, they're gonna like fucking like call their shots and shit. Like, nah, then like they're just gonna go for the throat. Like, mm-hmm. definitely, definitely gonna go for the throat. This is the real shit. This is real. This, this is, is this real is real shit. Like the crowd is like, real shit, real shit. Like as soon as like and the guy like says it, it's just like, mm-hmm. oh my god, like am I that dude today? And they're like, yeah, real shit, real shit. Yeah, and uh, the crowd, the crowd's like, the crowd's loving you, man. Um, so like when you're done doing your whole spiel, uh, like you hear this like bell, right? Like almost like at the beginning of like Metallica's like uh, for whom the bell tolls, right? But instead of that riff, it's more of like a kind of like a more like a orchestral, mm-hmm. like like a very like. Um, gothic kind of like symphonic metal kind of yeah. shit like like cradle of filth kind of shit right um it's like violins and fucking trumpets and shit and then the guitars come in and like the lights go out and it's just like doom, on one side doom, and then you see jiren die come out and he's got like this big fucking black trench coat on with like bones for the buttons going all the way down mm-hmm. In like a top hat, like a grave digger, and he's just got his shovel. And like the announcer kind of like calls his name out. And in this corner, the reigning champion of the circuit, Jiren Die Dot Shubalit. And right out from like everything else about his image would like assume that he would just be like very like dark and solemn and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, you see him just, like, flash this perfect white smile. And it's, like, this fucking, like, really 
creepy effect of like this like kind of like serial killer kind of vibe mm-hmm. in his eyes, right? And like all of the hype in the crowd is just replaced with just kind of just like a sort of like dread and awe. Because like the effect that he has on them is is just like, man, like this dude is fucking scary, but we're here for it. Right, hundred percent. Right, <laughs> Yeah, and um, as he's walking down the aisle, right, um, you notice this for, like, how they did it. The crowd doesn't, but the crowd are, like, backing away from the aisle because you can see that there's, like, little sliding doors. And there's just, like, hands with, like, they've got, like, zombie makeup, Mm -hmm. like, just kind of, like, reaching out through the ground, like, as in his wake. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, you can see, like, the fucking, like, uh, spider webs and shit, like, coming around. Like, they're kind of, like, sliding them in. So it looks like he's just got, like, this wake of just, like, fucking doom, like, going behind him, right? And when he gets to the ring, he just, like, slides under the rope. Kind of, like, you know, pulls the top rope up and, like, jumps, walks in between. And... Then, like, he raises his hands, and, like, there's, like, wolves howling, and, like, bats, like, kind of, like, come in from the ceiling, and, like, go across his face, and it's just, like, the lights kind of turn, like, to this, like, this, like, eerie, like, midnight yellow kind of, right? Mm-hmm. You know? It's, like, some, like, vampire movie shit. Yeah, right. And right during the fucking, the climax of his theme song. Everything goes dark for a second, mm-hmm. and then the lights come back on, and he's standing right in front of you. Excellent. I love it. So, the ref doesn't know that he was going to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, the ref just kind of, like, starts running up to you guys, and, like, he gives you the whole, like, uh, I want a good, clean fight, like, no low blows or anything. Well, you know, until you have to do what you I think he. Do. I think he. I think at the words, as soon as good, clean fight, I, uh, I throw a headbutt. just full on right to the right to the teeth like like we're not like like, I'm not listening to a spiel I'm not listening to the ref give to the ref give a pep talk like we're here we're here for a match we're putting on a match I love it (laughs) okay um so I want you he's going to try to just take it straight to the chin Mm -hmm. um Without like dodging you, because like the the whole point is that he wants to um give this sense that he's just like steel, basically, right? So yeah. he's gonna try to like no sell it, like, and I'm gonna spend um, two doom ahead of time uh, to no sell it. Okay. All right. Uh, so roll roll your power plus. Uh, we're gonna give you a stunt for for just kind of like right before the fucking match even starts, just like Okay. It's good it's a good description. Um so roll your power level plus one for the stunt mm-hmm. and your might. Alright. Six dice. And any that come up four through six are successes. Mm-hmm. That is three successes. Okay, he successfully no-sells that attack. Great. Um, his butt, because of, like, how you hit him, like, you know exactly how tough he is and the amount of effort he had to put in to make sure that that didn't, like, make him stagger, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so he has an endurance of three. Okay. But because I spent the two doomed, like, his, um, his difficulty rating went up to five. Got it. All right. Um, and if... We're keeping track. I have spent three Doom so far. Um, so I am actually out. <laughs> so, like, you won't have any bullshit for for now uh, to deal with. It's just going to be a good, good, straightforward uh, match at this point. All and, right. All right. So now that you got your little surprise attack in, let's uh, let's roll initiative. Your initiative let's is just it. going to be a straight up agility check. So it's just going to be. Just that. No power level, right. no stunts. One success. He also got one success, but in tiebreaker, the heroes go first. 
So you are in the same zone as him. Um, we're going to make the ring just kind of like a square. So it's going to be top top left of the ring, top right of the ring, uh, bottom left, bottom right. Uh, once I headbutt him, I kind of like shove him back and I'm going to move from, uh, I'm going to call him just like quadrant one through four because that's going to be the easiest for me. I think if he's in quadrant one right now. Yeah, you're both uh, in quadrant one. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna move to I'm gonna move to three. So I'm gonna move to that other to that. I'm gonna move down uh down to uh down to the opposite corner. And uh, every time I enter into a zone, I get to point out a, a thing that uh, I can interact with. And because I am a an improv ace, because I am a professional wrestler and I'm a deathmatch wrestler, and this is what we do is we identify things that we can interact with. Yeah. Uh, I get to point out two things that I two two things that I can interact with. And I think um, in this corner of the ring, there is a um, there is like a bundle of these light tubes and also uh, a a uh, there's also a um, like a a spiral of of barbed wire, like one of the big uh, spool, spool. That's the word I'm looking for. There's a spool of barbed wire and there's a there's a there's a bundle of light tubes. So I'm going to I'm going to pick those up and I'm going to I'm going to put the light tubes inside of the barbed wire spool uh, and I'm going to create a weapon and I'm going to use my ability uh, weapon spot. OK, so um, you're going to try to does weapon spot have range uh, weapon spot does not have range, but it has detonate. So uh, I'm going to hold off on using it right now to uh, to bank some successes so that when it. Uh, when I when I when I blow it up, I am going to use extra successes. All right, cool. All right, so um, you do that, and uh, you're one zone away from him now because mm-hmm. because of the square shape, all the zones are one one space apart from each other. Um, he is going to on his turn just kind of uh, walk towards you as he is completely unaffected mm-hmm. by what you're doing, and. Uh, he goes, and he looks at you, and you understand that, like, by the look that he's giving you, that he's like, that wasn't what we talked discussed at all. <laughs> and I, I give, I give a shit eating grin because, like, you know, this is a show, right? Like, we're putting yeah. on a show here today. And he goes, like, he um, kind of just kind of nods. It's like, okay, that's how it's going to be. And he stops right out, right outside of your range. <laughs> so he doesn't leave uh, Quadrant 1. And um, you see him kneel down for a second. And he does like a, like that Catholic cross thing where they go from their sh- um, forehead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, then. I guess it's time for me to read your and then the crowd like kind of just joins in and unison last rights <laughs> and um he reveals a um a thing of beads and then he takes the beads over his head and then he like flings them towards you like without letting go of the other end and you you realize that this this thing of like prayer beads is just like ridiculously longer than it has any right to be. <laughs> and he's going to try to like, um, grab you with the prayer beads. Like you've seen this move before, mm-hmm. but you weren't expecting him to do it this early. So what do you do? Uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, uh, bend down and do the, 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 the pro wrestling classic move where I'm going to slap the side of my chin and say like, come on, target, hit your beads right here. Like I'm going to, I'm going to full on just, uh, just take it right in the jaw to force him to, uh, cause I think he's, he's thinking that I want to dodge this. Like he's thinking that I'm going to try and get out of the way, but that's not how gauge gusset fights. I want him, I, if he's going to bust out, if he's busting out last rights, I want to take last rights to the jaw. Cause I want him to, I want him to see that I'm going to get up and then bash him with the light tubes wrapped in barbed wire. All right. Fabulous. Okay. So, um, Hmm. Uh, what is that means he's going to have to roll his might plus his power level 
and then plus one for his stunt, mm -hmm. which is going to give him five dice. Making sure that none of his quirks or anything uh, are being triggered by this, and they're not. He doesn't have any advantages here. Okay. And let's see, he got two successes. And against your endurance, that should miss, right? That that is a that is a hard miss. That is my endurance is five. All right, cool. Um, on the upside, though, oh yeah, and by the way, uh, do this retroactively for yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, you get momentum equal to your wits. Got it. As does he. So you both should have like four, right? I've got two momentum. Uh, uh you only have two wits. Okay. All right. Uh, so he has four. And all right. So the next turn is up on you. Uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, again, uh, bank some successes. I'm going to bank another success on my weapon spot as I, uh, I grab the beads, like, they lash me in the face, and I grab them, and I, like, throw them, I, like, kind of throw, uh, the end of it that hit me on the ground, and I, I, I'm gonna lean in and say, uh, try harder. You're Oops. professional. <laughs> Oh, I love it. <laughs> uh, that's mean. <laughs> okay, so, um... Then what he does is he walks in and, like, you both... Oh, wait, you said you threw the beads, all, beads away, right? Yeah. Alright, he never let go, so, like, mm -hmm. when you threw the beads off of you, he pulled them back in and put them back into his... Uh, Put him back into his sleep. Now, do I gain momentum every turn? Do I build momentum every turn or just one time? Every time you miss. All right. Got it. Unless you have something else that says uh, that you're gaining momentum when you trigger a particular, uh, like, uh, action or whatever. Like, you get it when you miss. Nope. Uh, I'm good. All right. So yeah. I got two momentum. Cool. And um, so he, he starts to walk in, like, a little bit closer. So he's now in the same zone as you. And... Um, when he starts walking forward, he goes, <laughs> you don't want me to try. And yes, now my voice has changed because reasons. <laughs> um, he closes his coat and the camp, the, the, um, the effects guy kind of like takes this as a cue and the lights go off for a second. And then when you, then the lights go back on. And you can't see him. Like, he's gone. But, like, you have this sense that he's getting ready to try to punch you again. Mm -hmm. What do you do? Uh, I am going to... Um, so, is he declaring an attack right now? Yeah. Because I've got an ability that I think I can use as an interrupt. Alright, go for it. Um, I do. Um, okay. Da-da-da-da-da. Uh, I you need going... five momentum to interrupt, though. Oh, then I'm going to have to hold off on that. So for now... You can spend uh, hope. Uh, yeah, I'll spend a point of hope. I will spend a point of hope to uh, gain five momentum so that I can interrupt this. Because I think what happens is he disappears, and I know that he's going to come punch me. So I'm yeah. going to do the one thing that uh, like he thinks that I'm going to block, or he thinks that I'm going to try and take it, and I'm going to do the one thing that he doesn't expect. So I'm going to spend a point of hope, and I'm going to say... Uh, <laughs> he ran away he ran away <laughs> oh, he's afraid of me everybody look look he's afraid of me he's a, he always oh, gotta disappear and punch me from the shadows oh i'm so scared i'm so afraid of spooky <laughs> i'm so afraid of spooky shadows oh no oh my god <laughs> i'm using i am using my trash talk ability um, so I'm going to choose, uh, this is ability, I'm assuming this is ability A. Um, no, this is ability C, so you got gonna, that wrong, unfortunately. Right. Uh, that's well. So, uh, ability A gains ignite one until the end of my next turn, uh, which means his other abilities gain botch one for a number of turns equal to my power level, so that worked out for the best. Um, yeah. and now I'm going to discourage and choose ability C. Uh, that uh, ability C triggers an immediate uh, reversal attack. Okay, cool. So you're going to get to swing again, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go for it. 
So, uh, with my... Uh, The first thing first is we have to resolve the trash talk to make sure that you get the effects that you... Yes. So, he disappears and noted, like, start, like, he's listening to you do it. Um, but he's going to try to dodge. Okay. Uh, by just basically ignoring you. And he's going to focus on the crowd instead because they know what he's doing. He's using departure. So, like, like so, he's basically just gonna use the crowd's like hype and respect for him to like uh, ignore your your scoffing. Okay. Um. So roll your agility. My agility. All right. Is it agility plus power? Or just agility. Uh, agility, power level, and um, plus one. But because you made me laugh, uh, tiebreaker has a um, a special rule called showstoppers. Uh, so when you get a showstopper, usually like when you're playing with more than one person, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the it comes down to a vote. Like if uh your stunt qualifies for a showstopper, but because it's just the two of us, eh, I say I'll give it to you. Um, all right. And so the way that works is that you will gain ignite one, and all of your ignited dice explode. So every uh every die that uh gets that gets ignited gets a reroll for one. And then it also adds another die to your pool. All right, so I've rolled one. Uh, I've rolled one six. So I'm gonna re-roll. I'm gonna re-roll the six and roll again. No, re-roll a failure if you have. Any okay, failures. perfect. Yep, I got a few failures, so I'm gonna re-roll a failure. So that is uh, a total of three successes. Okay, and now that you've done all your re-rolls, add another die. All for, right, for each sits that appeared. Uh, all right, so that is still three successes. Okay, cool. Uh, so the trash talk doesn't go off. So, um, your, your scoff attempt just mm-hmm. kind of like, he brushes it off. Sure. So you catch don't get catch. the free, you don't get he- the free interrupts or anything from there. All right. Uh, but like, you know, you did get a chance to try to, try to fuck him up either way. Um, and it gives you basically just say that you have four momentum at this point because the, right. the hope you spent was for burst and burst gives you five momentum. So you got it. So you end this action with four. Got it. All right. Um, yeah. So like he did stop for like a half a second. Like mm-hmm. you don't notice because you can't see him. Um, but then he goes, <laughs> "Oh, how the children just like to try to talk themselves up before they go into the ground." And then like you see him basically reappear like behind you from underneath the um the ring mm-hmm. and like he tries to grab you by your ankles and then like make you fall onto your face okay. so uh how do you you uh actually you know what uh you're not going to get the choice for that because okay. uh the departure uses faint and uh he's gonna opt to attack with his wits before you make the choice to deal no damage to you or anything like that, and he'll just bank his succession, bank his successes instead. Okay. So he's gonna roll wits one, two, three, four, and then plus two for his power level and plus one for the stunt I just did. Ah, damn it! Hey, where's the last guy? There it is. Okay, so we got one, two, three. He's got four successes banked. All right. So that's his turn, and he's considered spectral into the beginning of his next turn. So you'll have to uh, beat a DR of two before the even target him. All right. So it's your turn now. Um. So he's grabbing me. Uh. He pulls me down. I fall flat on the mat. I kind of roll to my feet, and I am going to, um. Yeah, like uh, when he when he goes spectral, basically, like what happens is instead of him just like disappearing because he's not magical or anything, like uh, he's pretty much running around the outside of the ring. Like uh, for game purposes, he's still considered in quadrant three with you. He's just on the edge, uh, and there's a fog machine going on. Mm. So like he's like in the fog, like um, being obscured by it. Uh, and then I am going to. Uh, this turn, I'm going to, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, like, climb up, and I'm going to stand there, I'm gonna stand in the middle of the ring, I've got my, I've got my weapon, 
and I'm just gonna I'm gonna give him I'm gonna give him a, like a come get some like come at me like like I'm gonna I'm gonna open myself up and I'm gonna use a uh, fighting spirit so okay. that uh, uh just uh, his next attack may only deal damage on a critical hit or on contact on a dodge uh he must reroll and botch that botch their initiative on the following turn Oof. and also I gain a temporary bonus level up to determine if I'm down by an attack okay cool. That's a lot. <laughs> All right. So um, he is going to basically just try to keep uh, his head together and mm-hmm. stick with his game plan and uh, dodge again. So roll your agility plus um, the two power level plus your um, stunt and any bonuses that you want to use. All right. Uh, so I'm going to roll five. I'm going to roll five dice here. Let me just double check and make sure I don't have any extra bonuses to add to that. Yep, five dice. Oh, and that is three successes. Okay, and his focus is four, so that's going to make you miss. All right. All right, and let's just make sure that he doesn't have anything else going on. So that time you were attacking with uh, with uh, Trash Talk again? or what was No, it? that was Fighting Spirit. That was Fighting Spirit. Okay, cool. Um, he has a quirk called Rapid Adapter, so if you use the same ability against him, it increases his DR. Mm. Um, so just let me know if you do the same thing uh, more than once in a row. Will do. All right. Uh, so yeah, he basically just slips, like slips around, and just just kind of like he's running around in a circle, pretty much, uh, to the effect that he's still going to be in three because he's not actually moving. But like to you, it looks like he's doing a doing a sprint, right? Um, and he's, he's not taking the bait. Uh, so what he's going to do on his turn is he's going to cut, he's going to, uh, well, let's see. You still have that um, bonus up level. Yeah. He's going to move into rain. He's going to move into, uh, the first quadrant Mm -hmm. and like, he sees you kind of like, slowly balancing yourself on the top turnbuckle. Mm-hmm. And like the moment that your back is turned, he pops into to range one and like he tries to go for last rights again. Alright. But this time he's going to trick and pull. And tricks for the audience, um when you build your abilities in Tidebreaker, uh you have two of what are called functions. And the functions are just uh mechanics that you can tie on to your basic attack to create, like, any weapon, mutant power, spell, or whatever. But a trick is your character saying, hey, but what if I did this? And then you can add another function. If the thing hits, you get to keep it, and then use it again for uh, five momentum, and you get what's called a key, which is basically our version of experience. You get a couple of keys, you get um, unlocks, and that's how the progression works. So in this case, he's going to trick and pull, and if the pull connects, uh, you will be pulled into range one with him. Well, range quadrant one, anyway. Uh, so, what do you do? Um, I am going to. I think I gotta try. I think I have this. But this point, at this point, I don't think I can just take it. So I think I have to dodge it. Okay. Cool. Um. So what he's going to do is he's going to trigger his quirk devious, uh, because he's currently spectral, and um. Oh, uh, wait, nope. I definitely did the wrong thing there. Because uh, I would have to have already hit you with last rights to trigger Devious. Ah, I'm done. Okay, but yeah, so he's not going to do that. But he's still going to do last rights on you. So he is going to use the extra four successes that he uh, banked with mm-hmm. um, with his departure ability and add that to his, uh, to his total uh, pool. So currently he's going to be rolling. <laughs> What's his agility? Oh, he's actually slow. Uh, one, and one, two, and then one for the stunts, and then he gets four extra successes for those reasons. Okay, and he's got a total of six successes. Is that enough to uh, connect with you, at least? Yes, it is. All right, cool. Uh, you get that bonus up level, though, so you're still up at the end of this, but he has pulled you in. Mm-hmm. And the last rights ability has disorient, so you're going to have to use the seek an opportunity action before a- being able to target him again. 
because you're now entangled in his uh, prayer beads. Got it. So, um, yeah, so the last rites, he pulls you off of the top turnbuckle, and uh, you go crashing down, like, right next to him. And uh, when you turn to look up, like, you're wrapped up in the beads, and he's gone. Like, because he's kind of just, like, slipped out away again. Uh, he's using his standout feature, which is called blinding footwork. So whenever he attacks somebody in melee, and because he pulls you in, you're now in melee with him. He's going to move away, which causes a momentum shift against you. So next time he attacks you, um, he's going to be able to pick what defense you're using. Okay. All right, now it's your turn. All right, so how do I seek an opportunity? Uh, you got to roll your wits. All right. Well, then, that is exactly what I am going to do. Yep. So I'm rolling my wits. I'm rolling four dice. His spectral has worn off now because the fog is kind of cleared. That is two successes. All right. And that's enough. So uh, you break free through the you break free through the beats. Mm-hmm. And uh, you you can see him now. Like he's now in um, now in quadrant two. Like he was in quadrant two, basically like running towards the uh, the ropes to do the use the ropes to like fling himself towards you, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like you can see that he's getting ready to do that. So what do you do now that it's your turn? Um, I am going to. Uh, I am going to. I've got six momentum. Yeah. So I'm gonna spend five momentum. And use uh use my weapon spot uh okay. and to accelerate, spend five momentum to shift upward one spot in the initiative, or gain one turn's worth of charges to any of my bank effects. So uh I'm going to uh bank two bank uh an extra turn of successes and bank two turns of successes for a total of four successes as I get ready to uh to to bash this giant exploding uh light tube catastrophe machine on my opponent all right fabulous okay um that sounds fantastic all right so he's uh he's definitely going to try to take you head on like Mm -hmm. he's because i mean it might be a fight to the death but this man is a true a true performer like he does not care like um. Yeah. So just give me like two seconds, and I want to mm-hmm. think about exactly how I'm going to phrase his next action because I think we have a definitely good conclusion for this. All right. Um. Yeah. So he starts. He starts um pulling himself back mm-hmm. against the ropes, and he's going to trick in hyper mm-hmm. for his um into his uh into his grave digger technique. This is his ability A. Okay. And so you see him, and what Hyper does is it allows him to dash while he's uh while he's attacking, because yep. normally dash would be its own action. But the thing about uh Hyper is it also has an additional effect. So what he's gonna do is he's gonna spend his momentum as hope for the purposes of pushing his dice. And what a push does is it allows the allows you to turn the dice over by one side, mm-hmm. and um until the end of his turn. So you see him; he's coming at you full force. And he's getting ready to truck the shit out of you. What do so you do? So I'm gonna spend a hope and interrupt this man. Fabulous. And bash right. him and bash him hard with a with a light tu- with a bundle of light tubes wrapped in barbed wire. <laughs> is what's gonna happen to this man now? Uh, I think as he's coming at me, I grab him and I just I throw the barbed wire, I throw the light tube bundle at him, like head on, so specifically so that it explodes on him. And then like as it is flying at him, I'm gonna run at him to try and like catch him with sort of a a body avalanche or a stinger splash, like in midair, so that basically we collide in the middle of the of the big the the bundle of white tubes so that it explodes on both of us and he's got the momentum of me coming down on him to push that barbed wire directly into his chest. Oh my god, that's brutal. <laughs> that's brutal. That's a showstopper. Like just start rolling dice, man. Like All right, so that's that's going to be <laughs> That's going to be 3 might. That's going to be 2 power. That's going to be plus 1 cuz I am a murder hobo and that is uh that's an extra one if it's brutal. That's going to be an extra one if it's a showstopper. 
So yep. that's one, two, three, one, two, one, two. So that is uh, seven dice, and I've got uh, four successes banked on that. Yeah, and all your sixes explode. So that's two. Uh, that is two successes. Or no, sorry, that is that is four successes with two exploding dice. Cool. Make sure you re-roll first, though, because uh, you might get some yep. extras. Yep. So that is uh, that is. So I'm re-rolling one, one failure for every six I get, right? Mm-hmm. And then you all add right. the dice when you're done with all the re-rolls. Got it. So then I'm rolling one more dice because I did roll one more six. All right. So I now have, I am now, I now have one, two, three, four, five successes and I'm adding two dice to that. That is six successes plus four successes to a total of 10 successes. Fantastic. Okay. So this is how critical hits work in Tidebreaker. Um, your critical value is the combined total of your two basic defenses, because mm-hmm. uh, if you've been paying attention for your audience, you can block or you can dodge. In Tidebreaker, that's determined for blocking your endurance and for dodging your focus. So Zerundai's focus is four and his endurance is three, which gives him a seven. And um, so that makes his and you add your power level to it. So his critical is nine. Uh, because Jeff rolled a 10, that's that's going to crit him. And uh, mm-hmm. Tidebreaker's health system is three states. You're either up, down, or out at any given time. When you take damage, you go from up to down. But if you get crit, you go from up to out. And if you take damage while you're out, you're dead. So uh, Jeff has put him from up all the way down to out. And while you're out, um, any you can still do counterattacks and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but they don't do damage to your opponent unless you crit them back. And beyond that, he can't um, he can't move unless he decides to dash, and then the dash only lets him move one zone. So uh, Gerondi is basically got a big phosphorus tube like slammed into his forehead. It shatters mm-hmm. on the impact. Your palm catches him and just like sends him flying into the turnbuckle with enough force that it bounces him back. You can hear his spine crack a little bit or like his ribs as he falls down to the floor, like blood, like spatters out of his mouth. And like, he is basically sitting there on his knees and, and his hands trying to get back up. Um, so his turn is over because you crit him out before he can mm-hmm. do his move. And it's your turn again. Uh, well, that means I guess it is time for me to, uh, to end this with another weapon spot. I'm going to take, I'm going to pick up a chair. I'm going to pick up a chair, uh, line. I, I, I pick up a particular chair that is, uh, we see when I pick it up, I'm going to walk cause I'm walking into, uh, uh, cause actually if we're in zone, if we're in quadrant one, we haven't identified any interactables, so I can identify the interactables that I want. Mm-hmm. And that means that there's of course a chair covered in C4 here because this is, <laughs> this is robot deathmatch wrestling. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to pick up that chair and I'm going to climb to the top rope and I'm going to come down and I'm going to bash a bunch of C4 on a steel chair over this man's back and I'm going to end this. <laughs> and then somehow survive the explosion because fucking tiebreaker. <laughs> you know what? That's the magic of professional wrestling. Yep. <laughs> All right. So he he looks up. He sees it coming, and like he smiles, like he's going to try to just endure it. All right. So now that is going to be uh five uh three might two power uh one for murder hobo. So that is six. Um. Do I get anything extra for the weapon itself, or is that just giving me murder hobo? Uh, that's pretty much just giving you the murder hobo. All right, hobo perfect. Stuff. That's what I want. That's all I need. That is, unfortunately, only one success. Okay, so he um, he sees that C4. He kind of th- like... Can I throw out a huge pitch, especially since we're pretty late in the episode? And I think this if if we can if we can if we can wrap up this fight and then build to the climax, I think that'll be a good that'll be a good cliffhanger to end on. But I have yeah. a I have a twist that'll explain this perfectly. Okay, go for it. And we'll explain we'll explain how he's gonna how he how he withstands a chair of C four. 
uh, that sends me flying back against the turnbuckle, and I look up in shock. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I, I'm throwing out a big pitch here, and I, I I I hope this does not completely derail what we've what we've established so far. But I think it's a cool it's a cool twist on what has unfolded. Up, oh, spin the hope, and it's true. You've got uh, it. Then I'm spend, I'm spending the I'm spending the point of hope to establish this is true. The explosion goes off. I get sent flying. I'm against the ropes. I'm burnt. I'm burnt to a crisp. Right, like I'm I'm flailing and I'm flailing and grunting. And I look up, and uh, Jirandai is looking up at me. And I I see a chunk of his metal skull. I see his broken titanium ribs. I see I see the Terminator glowing a red eye. And 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 I have exposed him. As the robot deathmatch fighter that he is. Yep. Yeah, cool. So he stands up and then he looks at you. That was worth the point of hope, just to establish that this man that that uh Gage Gusset, whether 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 they are humanoid robots or not, I, I fight robots in the ring. Yeah. He um he looks at you, he gets up and he goes, You know what, human? You put on a good show. So I'm gonna give you a warrior's funeral. And then all that hope that you spent, every time you spend hope, it restores some of my doom. So um, I'm going to use it to trigger a particular, a particular doom effect called This Isn't Even My Final Form. Um, for the audience, because we're just doing this mostly for the spectacle, uh, the amount of doom I have to spend to trigger it is technically impossible uh, for a one, one through one V one game. But as they we're doing this in a particularly special one V one format, we're just doing this for the ha-has. Yeah, yeah. But this isn't even my final form. What it does is it triggers all of his stats go up to five. All right. Um, amongst some other things. But uh, for for the uh, for the finale, so he unleashes his whole full Terminator form, and then he grabs you by your head, and he lifts you up, and then he walks you up the turnbuck turnbuckle, uh, because fuck physics. Mm-hmm. And. He he holds you by his one robotic arm and presents you to the crowd. So, like, he kind of, like, you're facing the crowd now, and he's got you by the mm-hmm. back of the head. And he goes, look amongst this crowd. See how proud they are. And know that you'll never see them again. But you have put on the best show that humanity has seen so far. And then we will take care of you. Your kind when it's over. Viva the robot revolution. And then he drives your skull into the cement on the other side of the uh, of the ring. Killing you. Alright. And I, I think as I go down, as I go down, the last thing I think is, well, at least I put on a pretty goddamn good show. I think that's game. I think yeah. I, we get my closing thought. And that's a wrap. That's great. Yeah, thanks for playing, man. Um, yeah, we definitely had to to basically improvise a couple of things in there at the last minute, but um, uh, I think as I think it turned out to be a pretty good story. Like you were, I think betrayed. we, I think we, I think we hit it. I think we hit it pretty well. Yeah, you definitely got betrayed, and it backfired on you. Um, but like, I man, I'm sorry that Gage's story had to go out like that. Though. Oh, it's all good. <laughs> It's all good. He'll come back in a mask. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and so, yeah, that's it. Thank you. This was great. Thank you so much for playing this with me. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Like, oh, this yeah, was great. This, is, this has been uh, fantastic. I haven't had this much fun in forever. Oh. I'm sorry, playtesters, if you're hearing this later. I'm sorry. I love you. You're the best, okay? But, but Jeff fucking Stormer, guys. Come on. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so real quick, before we wrap up, where can people find you and your work online? Uh, you know, I'm on Twitter. Uh, follow my blade. Um, I'm also doing my early access for this game at tiebreakerrpg.com. Uh, follow us. On Twitter, grab a copy of the game. Uh, hit me up in my email. It's nickbutler at tiebreakerrpg.com. If you have any thoughts, some questions, if there's stuff that you want to see before we finally go on Kickstarter, let me know. I might, like, update the game with your stuff in mind. You know, like, I want to do this for for the community. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm trying to build the best game I can. I'm going to try to, like, get up there right, right alongside Wizards and Evil Hat and uh, Art Halsorian. Shout out to Mike Pinesmith, by the way. 
Love that guy. Um, yeah, you know, so, like, I want to do it big. Like, we're going to have big art. Just, it's going to be a big game, you know, but I, I need your help. So, you know, do help me out. And, like, I, I hope that I can do what I can to deliver. Hell yeah. Um, all right. And with that, uh, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for this. And uh, for now, I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take a future me. Thanks, past me. And thanks again to Nick for coming on the show. That game was so much fun. That game ruled. I was so, so happy with it. I really, really hope that you go back the game on Kickstarter when it launches on June 22nd. I hope you go buy the early access edition right the hell now at TidebreakerRPG.com. And I hope you follow Nick on Twitter at FallOnMyBlade. Then while you're on Twitter, follow us at Party of One Pod. Like the show on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Party of One Podcast. Join our Discord community at bit.ly slash Party of One Discord. Uh, head to our merch store at bit.ly slash Party of One Merch. And if you enjoyed the show, consider supporting us financially at Patreon.com slash Jeff Stormer or Kofi.com slash Jeff Stormer. Or uh, give us some love on social media. Tell a friend about the show. Leave us a review on Podchaser. Shoot me an email at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com letting me know you enjoy the show. I don't know. I like knowing that you enjoy the thing that I make. Like, it means a lot to me, and so I really hope you like it, and I hope you let me know that you enjoyed it. Speaking of things that I hope you enjoy, you should also check out All My Fantasy Children, which is a podcast on the One Shot Network. It is a character creation, storytelling, and world-building podcast powered by you. Every week, my best friend Eric Tannosize and I take a listener-submitted prompt. We spin it into an original fantasy character. We populate a shared universe one story at a time. New episodes drop every Friday-ish at OneShotPodcast.com. Party of One is, as always, produced and edited by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Megaran featuring the D&D Sluggers. And the Party of One logo is by Evan Rowland. If you'd like to inquire about press coverage of the show, coming on the show as a guest, or about advertising on Party of One, you can email me at PartyOfOnePodcast at gmail.com. And I am pretty sure that is all we do around here. So until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always, party on, everybody. 